If you were to do a Google search on just one word, prayer, you'd have 720 million hits. <laughs> a lot of people are thinking about prayer. Uh, you do an Amazon search, the same one word, prayer, 60,000 hits. I don't know if that's books, I don't know what that is, but it could be a whole bunch of things. But people are thinking a lot about prayer. Now let me ask you a question. Do you know how to pray? Because here's the thing. You might say, yeah, I do, but let me just ask you this. What if somebody asked you at an event or in a family event to pray? Would you go, yeah, sure, no problem. Or would you sweat it out? Would you go, oh, no, what am I going to do? Because all of a sudden now when we're in a family event, we feel like, oh, man, I got to pray it. I don't know. I don't want to say something theologically incorrect and something goofy. And, you know, I, you just you, you, the pressure's on, right? But let me just, let's, let's pull back from that. And let's just ask this question. In this last week, let's just be generous. In the last two weeks, how often did you pray? And, and what did you pray for? Did you, did you pray at your meals? Some people pray at all their meals, whether they're in-house in or out. Did you pray for the, with the kids at bedtime? Did you pray for a parking space when you needed it? That's what my mom would always pray for. Did you pray mainly for yourself or did you pray for others? Were your prayers really self-focused? If you think back. Um, so last weekend we talked about this spiritual battle. Paul says we're all, if you're a Christian, you're in a spiritual battle. You're on a battlefield. You're not on a golf course, you're on a battlefield. Bad things are going to happen. In fact, Jesus is in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You know, it's, it's trouble. There's disease, there's death, there's you know, evil, there's bad things. And so this is, and, and all that, there's a spiritual battle going on. And essentially we ended talking about the armor of God, but Paul basically didn't end it there. He basically goes into it and he says, but you need to be able to pray. Prayer is essential if you're going to have victory on, in, on the, in the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield. And um, so this weekend we want to look at it because you will not have victory on the, the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield without prayer. And spiritual prayer is so essentially important that we pray for one another because you need to know that you have somebody's back let me ask you a question as you have if you've gone through some difficult times does it encourage you when somebody comes up to you that you've shared with what's going on in your life maybe it's physical maybe you know it's a relational thing and they come up and one of the first things they say is i've been praying for you this week how are you doing you know what's going on there what they're saying is i am supporting you I, I'm out there thinking about you. I'm lifting you up before the Father in heaven. That is an encouraging thing. I don't know about you, but it encourages me. It takes it to a whole, the relationship to a whole new level. We need to have each other's backs. We need to pray for each other. But let's jump into the passage. We're going to finish the book of Ephesians. We want to talk about this passage and say, what does Paul say about prayer here in this passage in this book of Ephesians? So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. What does he say? And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me 
that whenever I speak, words will be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul basically says whether they're figurative or real chains, he's in prison. Whether he's under house arrest or in chains next to a Roman guard, we don't know. But he says this, pray that I may declare it, the gospel, fearlessly as I should. So I'm going to make this real simple. The outline's basic. It's just very simple. It's just to hang thoughts on. The first one is pray without limits. Pray without limits. That's the first thing that we need to think about prayer. Um, pray everywhere, all the time, for everyone and everything. Um, don't limit your prayers. Now, in my upbringing, prayer was something you did at a certain place at a certain time with certain people. You had to go to a certain place sometimes to pray. Or when I prayed, when we prayed, we would pray at a meal, but we always prayed the same prayer, mindlessly. And we were taught to pray a certain prayer over and over and over again, mindlessly. We weren't taught to do that, but you just did it. And everyone around you kind of was just doing it. It was something, have you ever done this where you're driving down the road and you've gone... 10 miles down the highway and you don't remember that 10 miles at all <laughs> it's like i don't remember you know driving the car it was like automatic the prayer was sometimes that way and that's disappointing isn't it when you think about it so you know that's kind of what my my experience was so what is your experience do you pray before you go to bed do you pray with your kids do you pray before your meals and what do you pray we had a special prayer that we prayed at our meals, and it became very redundant. So what was your experience? The question is, when do you pray? We often pray, generally speaking, and as a pastor, I meet people, and it's like prayer seems to be for some people, okay, well, everything else, we've tried everything else. I guess it's come down to this. I guess we're going to have to pray. You know, it's like, it's our last chance. It's our last hope. And we offer up these last ditch, these fire extinguisher prayers. You basically say, God, my life is on fire. Put me out. <laughs> you, you know, just cry out to God. You say, God, you know, I should have prayed earlier, but I mean, I guess I have to now. You're my only hope now. Wouldn't it be better if we prayed before we got into a jam? Wouldn't it be better if we prayed before we bought that house? Wouldn't it be better before we took that job, before we chose that college, before we decided we're going to marry this person? We should have prayed about it. So, God, what do you want me to do here? I really want to hear what you have to say. I mean, think about it. Many times what you do is you, 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 you go to other friends and family and you, you ask them for their advice. Well, why would it be any different with God? But oftentimes what we do is we see God as this this cosmic vending machine or this that we he's going to rescue us at the last minute paul says in first thessalonians 5 17 pray continually that's different than the tradition that i was raised in i wasn't taught to pray continually i was pray uh, trained to pray formal formally uh with a certain formula of prayers certain times certain places but that's not what the New Testament teaches. Paul says this in Colossians 4, 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Do you even have an outline for prayer? Some of you do, and some of you have a, a good balance in your prayer. I mean, think about this. Um, 
like I said, sometimes our prayers are very self-centered. They're very, you know, me, me, me. And we don't think of others. And we don't think, you know, and usually we're in the jam sometimes. You know, we, we, we pray that way. Let me give you an outline. Many of you know this already. For some of you, you go, oh, yeah, I already know that. Yeah, okay, do you do it? <laughs> okay, that's number one. Number two, some of you don't know it. And you've never heard this before. And you go, oh, well, that's helpful. And it's just the acrostic ACTS, A-C-T-S, A-C-T-S. So the first part, and this is just, if you want to have balanced prayer, this is a great way to include different aspects. It doesn't mean every time you pray, you need to have an A and a C and a T and an S, but what it does is it helps to balance out your prayer time. So A stands for adoration or praise. You know, one of the most important things is we have to understand who we're talking with. You know, we're talking with God, we're talk, but we're talking with our Father. You know, one of the great things, you read the book of uh, Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, God meets, uh, you know, Isaiah meets God, right? And, and he sees the glory of God, and all of a sudden he goes, he doesn't know what to say. He goes, whoa, it's me. I am, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell with unclean people. In other words, he's saying, man, I shouldn't be here right now. This is like way, way bigger than me. And so he just kind of had his mind blown by God. And then the next thing he does is he basically confesses his sins. See, when we see God, we see our lack. And when we see our lack, the first thing we do is we drop to our knees and we say, God, I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. But we don't stay there because we know in Jesus, he has taken our sin away. And so when we, uh, when we go for adoration or praise of God, it leads us to confession of our own faults and our own failures, and it, and it helps us to deal with what's going on in our own life. But then we go to thanksgiving. We begin to say, God, I just want to thank you for sending Jesus. I just want to thank you for providing for me. I just want to thank you for, for all that you're doing in my life that I take for granted. I never stop and say thank you. You know, we do that at Thanksgiving, but we should be doing it all the time, every day, all day long. And then, of course, S stands for supplication or intercession. Uh, so we're asking for others. We're saying, God, help me, uh, help others, help me to be a help to others and, and help this person and help that person. And we lift them up before the Lord. Look at what Paul says. This is... Uh, this is a, a, an interesting uh, passage. This is uh, 1 Timothy 2. He's, Paul says this. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving, that's kind of what we've been talking about, be made for all people. And then he says this, for kings and all those in authority, that they, we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So here's the big picture of what he's saying. God, Paul's saying, I want you to pray for your rulers. Why? So that you can have peace. Why? So that you can live ordered lives. So you can have some semblance of order in your life. Because that's a good thing. Because when you have a semblance of order in your life, you have stability and you have the opportunity to share the gospel. Because God wants more and more people to come into his family and come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And when you have a stable society, that's kind of better it's easier to do that but he says pray for your leaders that you will have that kind of stability now let me just ask you a question in the last year was what, what did you pray for for your leaders 
And some of you are hearing, they're not my leaders. I don't agree with them. I didn't vote for them. It's sad, but it's true that Paul didn't say, you only need to pray for them if you voted for them. They're from the right party. If they agree with you, then you pray for them. It doesn't say that. It's just pray for your leaders. Who's Paul talking about? Paul's He's in a Roman prison. Probably praying for his leader Nero. We don't get to choose. He says, pray. Why? This is good. And it pleases God. You want to please God? Pray for your leaders, even if you didn't vote for them. There, I got political. All right, let's move on. Here's, here's the closing point here. God loves it when you talk with him about anything, anytime, anywhere. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go to a certain place at a certain time. You can talk to God. You know, think about this. If you have a human relationship and you were to offer canned, regular, the same comments over and over and over to that person, they would go, what's wrong with you? I mean, seriously. Think about the relationships you have, whether it's with your, your kids or with your spouse or with your friends. You're, you're in the car, you're at home, you're eating a meal, you're at work. It's just this ongoing conversation, isn't it? Isn't that what relationships are? It's not like you come... And it's interesting to me that sometimes when people pray, they get very formal. And their voice goes, Our dear Father, Thou who has existed for eternity. You know, and they slow down and it's very... And it's like... Why are you doing that? God's going, who are you? You never talk that way to anyone else. Why do you talk that way to me? And people say, well, I'm just, I'm just acknowledging the holiness of God. Yes, I absolutely understand the holiness of God. But sometimes the scripture says you can approach God, say, and we'll see it in a moment. Good morning, Father. I'm struggling today. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, I got this test. I got this challenge. I got this person at work. And I'm just not, I'm not doing well here. And I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, got, I just need to talk to you about it. And I don't know how I'm going to do, but I just need your help today. Just kind of an honest, open prayer. It's something you would say to another friend that you care about, that cares about you, because that's what we're talking about. That's the eth so, so all I'm, let me just stop for a minute, because I wanted to say this at the beginning. Would you just take something from this weekend, and because I think we would all say, we're, we all pray, but we all know that we need to get better at it. We need to grow it, and we need to develop. And and sometimes we've been programmed by our past that doesn't help us in our prayers. And so take something from the message, take something from the word of God and say, I'm going to be better at communicating with my father in heaven than I was before I got here. And I'm going to do a better job. And maybe this will be the principle you'll take with you. That prayer won't be something you do at a certain place at a certain time in a certain way, but it'll be something you do as a natural outpouring of your life. All right, second point, pray in the Spirit. We, Paul says pray in the Spirit. Okay, let's do it. What is it? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit, right? Uh, look, at, look, at, uh, look at the Romans passage I have here. Romans eight fifteen. 
He says this, uh, Paul says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So some of you are parents, some of you are grandparents, but you have these little names for your little grandkids or your little kids when they talk to you. It's Baba, Papa, Mama. I mean, it's just kind of like they can't really say very much. I mean, they don't say, Good morning, Grandpa. Good morning, Mom. How are you? T-? I mean, they're just kind of blabbering stuff and we have one grandson, he's blabbering. He knows exactly what he's talking about. I have no clue. I haven't even, I, is this English or what is this language you're speaking? Uh, but, but this is the point. It, it, the, the spirit is, is it, we cry out, Abba, Father, like a baby to our Father in heaven. And then go down to verse 26. Notice what it says. The spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is calling out to your Heavenly Father. When you go to your Father in Heaven, you go in relationship. I was taught you go in ritual. But you go in relationship. He's your father in heaven. Jesus said, you know, the the, the prayer that he he taught us, right, is our father in heaven, right? And by the way, I don't think that was meant to be a parroted prayer, uh, prayer, that we just say it over and over and over mindlessly. I think the point of the prayer Jesus is saying, here's, here's an outline for some of the components when you have a conversation with your father in heaven. Here's some of the things you could talk about. Here's kind of not a a rigid, say this word for word perfect, but here's an outline. And it begins with relationship. Father. Praying in the Spirit gives us a, 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 helps us gain a perspective. Uh, There are times that we just don't know how to pray or what to pray. Have you found that yourself in a jam over the last year? Maybe in the last month where you just don't know what to do. I remember uh, a number of years ago, uh, and I had a good relationship with my father, and there were times where I'd get into a, a time, I, a place where I needed some advice, and I would, I would call my father, and I would just talk with him, and he'd help me think through things and process things, and gave me a different perspective sometimes, which was really helpful. That was helpful for me. And I remember, you know, shortly after he died, I think it was about a month or two after he died, I was in a situation, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give Dad a call. I literally picked up the phone, and then I remembered, he's not there. I can't talk to him anymore. But I have a Heavenly Father that I can always go to. And he hears me, and he understands, and he helps me get a different perspective, because I need that. I think you do too, don't you? Uh, praying in the Spirit is crying out to your father. Now, if, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, and you have little kids, you know, the, you, you know those times where they fall down, they get hurt, they cry, they come running to you. Or when they're at night, you hear them crying, and you, you walk into their room, and, and they may still be asleep, and you wake them up and you say, it's okay, honey, it's okay. You're just having a bad dream. You say, I, I, I'll stay with you, I'll be with you, I'll I, I, I'll, I'll sit here with you. Don't worry. No one's going to hurt you. I'm here. 
And so what, you, what are you doing as a parent? You're giving them a different perspective. You're giving them care. You're giving them, you're, 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 you're there with them. You're helping them. And, and so this, this is what it means to pray in the spirit. It means that you go with God and you go to God and you, you speak with him and, and you, you, you join him and he joins you and you gain his perspective. And, and, this, and, and this is where I think that praying in the spirit comes to a, a new level in a sense. This last year has been stupid. I've done a lot of groaning, right? Have you? I mean, I've literally groaned like, uh, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I say things and my wife goes, uh, <laughs> and I know, okay, let's not go there. But I've done a lot of groaning. I don't know about you. I prob- you probably have. But this has been a year where we just groan and it's just physically and emotionally and relationship. We just groan and, 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 it's interesting, in this Romans passage, it says that we groan. But it also says something very interesting. It says the earth groans. <laughs> the earth is groaning. The earth is sitting there going, oh, man, come on. Lord, you know, redeem this earth. New heaven, new earth, come on. It can't come too soon. And we live in a fallen planet. It's beautiful, but it's fallen. There's disease, there's destruction, there's natural disasters, there's evil in the world. There's all these things, and, and the earth is groaning. But you know what else it says? The Spirit is groaning. The Spirit is groaning with us. The Spirit understands what we're going through. Have you ever been going through it's such a difficult time, and you try to explain it to somebody that is kind of a friend of yours, and they don't get it? And they go, well, you just need to pray, or you, you should do this, or you should do that. And you go, you know, this was a bad, you don't say this out loud, but you think, this was a bad idea, because I feel a lot worse than when I get, sat down and talked with you. But then you have that one person you sit down with, and maybe they've been through it. Maybe you've done that. You've gone through cancer. You've gone through a loss. You, 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 you've gone through, uh, just, you've lost somebody in your life that you've really loved. Uh, maybe a husband, maybe a wife, maybe a son or a daughter. And then you've connected with another person who loves Jesus just like you do. And you begin to share what your pain is, what your hurt is. And you feel like, oh yeah, they get it. Oh yeah, they've been there. Oh yeah, they, they groan with me. They understand what I'm going through. They get it. They, they are understanding my pain because they've been there. They, this is what it's saying about the Holy Spirit, that he groans with us. He understands what we're going through. You see, I was watching a, something I taped recently, and one of the ladies they were talking to, they were talking about how, why she left Christianity, and she had had a mother that she dearly loved, and she lost her mother, and she prayed earnestly that God would save her and heal her from cancer. And uh, she died, and ultimately she was very upset with God, angry with God to the point that she left. And here's the thing. We're not promised in this world that our prayers, even if they're sincere, are going to be answered. Jesus says, in the world you'll have tribulation. Remember, Jesus was crucified. His disciples were all put to death. The early church were lit on fire in Rome. If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go well for you. That, that's the point. 
The point is that there's an enemy and there's a world that doesn't love you and accept you. And it doesn't mean that all your problems are necessarily going to get solved. But what it does do when you pray in the spirit, it gives you a new hope. It gives you a new perspective. He groans with you. And he comes with you because you're having this bad dream. And God comes to you and he sits at your bed. He says, don't worry. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And sometimes that's the perspective we need to have. You see, here's the problem. We sometimes go to prayer thinking that we're going, that God is going to take on our agenda. In reality, what prayer does is it helps us to join God's agenda for our life. It's hard to think about that. Prayer is a relationship, though. It's a relationship with your Father. It's not a ritual to follow. Some of you have been raised thinking that prayer is a ritual. And if I asked you a question at the beginning, uh, do you know how to pray? And you say, some of you say, yes, I know how to pray the Lord's Prayer, other prayers, and I know how to parrot words out. And what I'm saying is, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Do you know how to have, you know how to have human relationships? Carry that into your relationship with your heavenly Father. Here's the last thing we want to talk about. We need to pray for others. Paul encourages us in his passage. He says, pray for one another. Pray for me. He says, pray for me while I'm a, a prisoner in chains. Pray for me. And um, it's a normal part of being part of the Christian family, of uh, being a, a part of the church. He's, notice Acts 2.42. Uh, they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You know, one of the things that we're told to do in Scripture is to pray for one another. By the way, one of the reasons we want to get as many people as possible into life groups is because when you sit not in rows facing me, but in circles facing one another, and you share what's going on in your lives, and you have every, every week at our life group, we always take a list. And I have a couple groups that I lead, but we all, I always take a list, and we always pray for one another. Because that is such an important thing for Christians to do. But here's something that I've done different with people. Some, what we tend to do is when somebody has cancer, when somebody's sick, when something, somebody's going through a very difficult time, what we tend to do is we want to pray, God, rescue them out of this problem, this situation. Get them out of this. And, and there's nothing wrong with praying for healing or any of that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I've started to do is I've started to add on to that prayer. God, I may say, God, help this person, heal this person. And one of the phrases I use is, God, whether you do it miraculously or you do it through modern medicine or a combination of the two, don't really care, but I just pray for your healing on their life. But then I add this prayer, and I've started doing this because I think it's even more important. I pray, God, Help them to know your presence and your power as they go through this dark valley road in their lives. Help them to know that you're with them in their pain, in their suffering, in their loneliness. Help them to feel the, your very presence. And that's, I think, what it means to be praying in the Spirit for them. 
because I think what we do is we want to have a quick solution to their physical or emotional or relational problem. And in reality, what they need is they need to know that God is there, that God loves them, that they have an Abba Father who understands, who groans with them. Because that will carry them when everything else won't. Notice in our passage, it's very interesting. Paul doesn't pray to be released. <laughs> it's like, if we, if we had this passage and Paul said, would you pray for me? I'm in chains. What would be the first thing we would pray? Everybody's prayer would start with something like this. Lord, Paul is such a great warrior for you. He's written so much. He has so much more to give Lord, I just pray that you'd set him free, but that's not what he prays for. What does he pray for? While I'm in chains, pray that I might be bold and clear to bring the gospel. Paul's thinking steps ahead of where our prayers tend to be. We want to pray for release. Paul says, I, don't, I can't say that he didn't say he didn't want to release, but I can say what he did say. He did say, pray for me. The first thing he prayed for, pray that I'd be a good witness of the gospel, that I get it clearly. And he was. He's in Rome. He's in the centerpiece of, of the world, and he's got a free audience to preach. One more thing I want to share. I need to do this quickly. Let me ask you a question. This is for those of you that say, I'm a more mature Christian. I'm more developed in my prayer life. I just want to ask you, and by the way, we should all do this. How, when was the last time you prayed for other people, brothers and sisters around the world who are in jail, prison, who are suffering because of their faith? Voice of the Martyrs, Operation World gives you kind of dossiers on different parts of the world and if you're a Christian how dangerous it is for you to live when was the last time that you prayed or are you on a regular path where you pray for those brothers and sisters who are persecuted I want you, I want to read a passage to you which is really interesting to me I just saw this this last week and I said oh I never saw that before Hebrews chapter 13 it says this keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. That's generally what we talk about in that passage. We talk about, oh, you know what? You might have, you had a stranger in or you helped them with their car and it might have been an angel. And, you know, we get all, you know, all these things and we're going to find out in heaven. Oh, you were the angel. Oh, yeah, you know, all this other stuff. It's all this, like, this, this interesting discussion. But here's where the rubber meets the road. What the writer of Hebrews says next. He says, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. In other words, he said, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, whoever it is, he's saying this, he's saying, pray for them as if you were in their shoes. You were in the cell with them. You were suffering right along with them. You were being beaten. You were being separated from your family. Pray with that in mind as you pray for your brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted for nothing else that they love Jesus Christ. I never saw that before. 
I never saw that I was to put myself in their place as I pray for them and try to understand what they were going through. And, and there, it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it, it opens my heart up for others rather than just myself. But it also changes my perspective because I become, I immediately go from there to thankfulness where I say, thank you, Lord, for the freedom that I have and forgive me for complaining. One of the things that I've taken a number of trips to Africa and to Haiti, as you know, and one of the things I always pray when, I, when I'm there, I, I say, Lord, help me never to forget how blessed I am compared to these folks. And I don't know why you've chosen to bless me, but help me never to forget it. When I begin to complain, remind me of what I've seen. And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here. We would do a long way in our, in our emotional and relational and our, our, just our general health if we were to think of others and put ourselves in their place and begin to pray for others. All right, so let's just summarize. Number one, you're never going to have a victory in this spiritual battle if you're not on your, you're praying to God, if you're not speaking with him. Um, and again, don't think of it as a formal thing. Get down on your knees every, you know, it can be that and it probably should be that, but it needs to be this general day, daily ongoing conversation. Number two, you'll never find help or support a perspective uh, that you need without prayer. Prayer takes you into the throne room of God but it also takes you to your father in heaven and you will never be a faithful brother and sister without intercessory prayer so can you would you take something from this weekend and say my prayer life is going to change because of this because if you do that it will be a good thing stand with me and let's pray together Father, your disciples once said, teach us how to pray. And I think, Father, everyone in this room is wanting the same thing. Teach us how to pray. Thank you, Father, that as we leave this place, you go with us. That you don't remain here, that we don't have to come here to pray. We can pray here, and we have prayed here, and we will pray here. But thank you, Father, that this is an ongoing conversation and it continues in each and every one of our lives, whether we're here in this place or whether we're watching online. Help us to, to have prayerful conversation with you as we go through our life this week. Help us to be mindful of others and help us to just remember the battle that will keep us from prayer. We need that heavenly perspective. We need that eternal perspective. And only you can give it to us, Father. So we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we want to help you get connected. So if you got, want to get connected to a life group, just go out to the cafe. We also have refreshments out there. So we hope you'll join us out there. God bless you. Have a great day. It's going to be beautiful.